The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. This is the intentional foul where I believe both of us think that we've landed on the moon before. Huh? Yep. There we go. You got me. You you're, got only me the co- you're only the co-host. <laughs> yes, I, I do believe we've, sure? we've landed on the moon. Yeah. Do we want to go to NASA for proof of that? No, and and I got that on the rundown here. We'll get into that a little <laughs> okay, bit later. But, yeah. I, I haven't even looked that far down. That's yeah. good. I'm glad. <sighs> One week. Uh, we're going to do our, our Christmas episode next week, and then we'll take the Christmas week off. Whatever you want to do, do, man. That. It's up to you. Really? It's up to you. All right. I'm excited for the top five this week. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to subtract and add some things because there's there's just less and less going on. It's college football. I know you're set for the bowl games on Saturday. I know Is you're that still- when they start? Jesus. I knew I'd get some sort of like that kind of what reaction. What is that? The Bowling Green versus South Central Jabroni High State, whatever. I could have gone with Jabroni State. I like that. Yeah. I still haven't created that on NCAA yet, but that's a that's a, that would definitely be a good school to go to. Jesus. Josh and Dan with you. There's five bowl games. So if you want college football, I think it starts at like 10, 11 a.m. and goes all the way until maybe midnight. Doesn't matter that we got to do a game. I'm when when we're not doing a game, I'm going to be clued in just sorry not available today wife and kids yeah, well whatever whatever yeah. works for you You I like guess. football i i, That's I it. get it it's last last blast of college football for the next three weeks good football bad football doesn't really matter all right so we got some nfl this week um playoffs are getting closer playoff picture starting to get into focus as far as the top teams and there's a there's a lot of jumbled mess still left to go a lot of mediocrity in the nfl oh for sure a lot of media absolutely um, we'll talk about this week's games. We're going to spend a little bit more time in the NBA, namely you. Um, college hoops, we were monitoring that uh, Bucky Marquette game. And uh, some news for the uh, for the Brewers out in uh, Vegas, winter meeting style. Mm-hmm. So we'll touch on that uh, as well. We'll start with the Sunday night game and your leaders in the division, uh, despite a loss, or I should say, despite a win to the Rams. Uh, not so great performance by Mitch Trubisky, but man, it's... <sighs> When you have a really good defense, it's really, I'm not going to say shocking or surprising. It's kind of awesome how far they can carry you. Yeah, I, it, I think there's three really good defenses in the NFL. I think the Bears, the Ravens, and the Cowboys mm-hmm. right now would be the three. But in whatever order you want to put them. Who's got the best offense out of those three teams, would you say? <laughs> None of them are very good. Well, I right now probably Dallas. That's where I would go. Um, because Cooper has been the hottest receiver yeah. in the league since he's been traded. Yeah, that that's that's worked out pretty well for him. But you know, up until the uh, the other night, the Bears' offense has been pretty it, pretty no, consistent throughout the year, scoring in that twenty four to thirty point range. Has, but hasn't been all world, but hasn't cost you right the game either. No, no. They haven't lost a game ten right. to, ten to six or something six like that. Six to nothing. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoy uh good defenses mm-hmm. in football. I, I, I I'm not I'm not crazy about the 
And I know fifty it, points, New Orleans Saints yeah, type offenses. You know, if I wanted to watch that, I'd watch Oklahoma State play Texas Tech. See, I love the Ra- the Ravens defense way back in the day mm-hmm. when they had re- and when, when they won the Super Bowl and they had Jermaine Lewis returning a kick because that's the way it seems to go. Like if your offense is okay, your defense is going to stop them all the time, and that that X factor could come from a special teams play. Oh, six Bears, man. I mean, that's how they got to the Super Bowl. Right. They had a dominant defense, and they had Devin Hester running back punts Everything. and kicks. Everything, yeah. So, but this team, you know, they're not to that level yet. They're they're getting there. They're still a very young defense. Um, but I, I was ex- I was very very impressed with what I saw from them Sunday night against a Rams team that's, for the most part this year, kind of shredded everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, offensively, um, I I think you could tell the the weather played a factor. Um, it was very cold. It was windy. Uh, I think it affected both quarterbacks. Um, a little surprised that the Rams only giving Todd Gurley eleven right. rush attempts. Yep. Um, Season low on yards. What did twenty eight? Yeah, something like that. that. That was a little strange. I thought that of, of all games, I thought that, that would, would be, be a twenty five to thirty carry game for lean him. Lean on the guy. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I think they they played into the Bears' favor with that. Uh, but you know, <laughs> it was a. It was an old school game. It was ugly, you know. I mean, what you had? Trubisky had three, three interceptions. Picks, yeah. I think Goff, Goff had, had four. four. Yeah. Um, you don't see that every day, and you know Trubisky's interceptions, um, they were overthrows. They were high, and you know I, you know I heard a couple, and they even talked about it during the game, and I heard a couple of people talk about it after the game. You know, does that? Does the shoulder injury factor into that? I don't know. He said no. I mean, but players are always going to say that. He hasn't been the most. He's not the most accurate guy to anyway. Begin with. No, so uh-uh. I guess if you have an issue in your arm, maybe. But at the end of the day, you, you know. You were out a couple weeks. The The first pick was just a bad throw. He overthrew Robinson. The second one before the half was just inexcusable. Didn't he throw into like two or three guys? Yeah. Well, in, yeah. On I, an, I, on an I think I, was, I, think I texted you. Yeah. I'm like. Whoa! Well, what an, are you looking at? It was an at? out route on the to the far side of the field, mm-hmm. and they were on about the, their own forty-five with like twenty seconds left in the half. It's like, why are why are you throwing the ball here? Don't need to. You know, you haven't proven that that you can move the ball. Just you're you're up at half. Just sit on it and go in with the lead. Nobody um, wants to do that anymore. No, they always want to see if they can get something extra. When conventional wisdom will say, "Don't give the other team an opportunity." Well, they don't call you a genius in the paper the next day for kneeling. That's what people are worried about. Headlines the next day. I mean, it's 2018, Josh. <laughs> it's Twitter, man. Oh, it's Instagram. Man. It's you know what? What great thing can they? How how great can they build my build me up here? Ugh. That's horrible. If that's actually if that somehow just even a smidgen factors into the decision. To not take any and go in because you you won't get crucified on social media. Well, I think it's all. I think all that stuff subconscious. It's like the conversation we had about Rogers and his his unwillingness to throw into traffic because he doesn't want to get interceptions. I mean, I, I don't know that in the moment you're thinking that way, but I think that it probably does factor in subconsciously on some level. That's terrible if that's the case. That's what we're worried about. Okay, all right. But I I think the the best thing. Get back to the Bears. Yep. Um, Obviously, Khalil Mack's a stud, you know, best defensive that's, player, that's a third flash. best defensive player, whatever. Yep. The emergence of Hicks, Floyd, and Roquan Smith on this defense, I mean, you're talking about 
two guys in Floyd and Smith who are under 25, and Max 27, and I think Hicks is 28. I mean, you know, those four guys could be around for the next four to five years on this team. You've got the makings of a really, really good defense for a couple years, and in that division, especially where the offenses are, you know, the Packers are always dangerous because they have Rodgers, but other than that, the offenses are pretty meh. Yes. Yes. You know, you have an opportunity as a as as a team to kind of put yourself in the mix, you know, at least for the next, you know, half decade, which is kind of cool. You know, it's been a long time you, since the yeah. Bears have have had uh have had that to look forward to. It's it's been about 15 years since the early 2000s when they started getting Erlacher, Briggs mm-hmm. and Tillman and that crew. So, um all in all, it was a good win. They're still, you know, they're two up in the north now with mm-hmm. the with the Viking loss. Um we got left. Well, they got the pack this week. Yeah, you're right. And, and then two more. And then they've got the Vikings. And then, no, they're at San Francisco and at Minnesota. So basically. Minnesota should be tough. The Bears got to win one of the next three and they're in. Um, yeah. I would I, extremely, extremely like the one to be Sunday. Oh, of course. Um, I, I mean, to me, the division's already wrapped up. No, Nobody's catching. You wouldn't think so. Nobody's catching them. You wouldn't think. I mean, the Bears would have to lose out. The Vikings would have to win out. Yeah, that's not happening. I, I don't. I don't think unless that's somehow happen, they but. find out a way to score forty or fifty points with John D. Filippo getting fired. Well, I and, yeah. well, and to go back to our point about the you know looking good, a lot of people are saying he got fired because him and Zimmer couldn't get on the same page. You know, Zimmer's an old school guy. Zimmer wants to run the ball. They're not running the ball. No, they're not. They're trying to throw the ball all over the place, and it's because that guy. This is like his. Six job in seven years. He's trying to get a head coaching job. He's rumored to he D. Was, Filippo. He, yeah, he was one of the guys that people were talking about possibly going to Green Bay. Well, you're not going to go to Green Bay as the head coach if your quarterback's turning around running it. You got to look like a genius. Well, to me, that's not the offensive coordinator's problem. Like I read it in in the article today, where I think this is their fourth or fifth offensive coordinator since 2015 or something like that. Like that to me says there's a pro there's a disconnect between that spot. And the head coach. Yeah, and I, I I guess I can't remember off the top of my head how many years Zimmer's been there, if he's been there for that whole time. 2014? I think he has. I don't, I, I don't know. But still, I mean, you have that many offensive coordinators. Uh, that, that, to me, speaks more of the head coach than the entire string of guys that you have hired. Like that's to, fair to me. The, the I think in this case though, it was a little bit of you know we we got we we got this really really expensive toy that we paid for in Kirk Cousins, and we want to use that toy, and we're not going to use that toy to turn around and hand it off to Dalvin Cook twenty four times again. Yeah, why not? You only spent a first round draft pick on that guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm with why, you. Why why would you use the him? I don't know. I'm with you. You know, Latavius Murray, you got a good backup. Yeah. Why would you use him? Yeah. Well, because I mean, you got Thielen and Diggs and. And Rudolph and those guys are shinier toys to play with. Sounds like a Mike McCarthy thing. Well, we want to run the football. Really? Prove I think, it. I think it's just a football thing in, in this day and age. There's not a lot of teams that are going to run the ball 30 times a game. There's just not. No matter what and, kind of and, personnel and really, you have. And really the ones that are a team like a Jacksonville, it's because they don't have an or not Jacksonville, I'm sorry, Baltimore. They don't have an option. They don't have a quarterback <laughs> that can throw. Right. So, you know. Lamar Jackson going to be starting in place of a healthy Joe Flacco this week. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. your next quarterback. Good there. luck with that. <laughs>
Well, uh-huh. the other game on Sunday was just, I mean, wow. What? Two bad teams. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's fine. I, you, I mean, speaking of the weather factoring into the game, I mean, Atlanta, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they, they acted like they'd never been north of Tennessee before. <laughs> Matt Ryan looked Wait a minute. Miserable. There are outdoor stadiums that are cold? What? It, I Nobody think, told us this. I think they thought that the first team that scored won. Because their first drive, they <laughs> looked right like down. the they yep. looked like the freaking 89 49ers, Montana to Rice. I thought we were in for it. And I then the really rest of did. the game, they were they were just standing by the heaters. What and what boggles me is that there's such a difference in personnel, attitude, and moxie from these warm weather areas that play inside. Because the Arizona Cardinals didn't look like that. No. They came to play. Yep. They they were cold. Pff, we don't care. Maybe it's the true dome team. I don't know. I mean, when's the, when the hell's the last time the Lions won at Lambeau? It's been fairly recent. <laughs> well, they, there was like the one, but other than well, that, they, they had they, one they for had like 30 huge, years. Yes, they had a huge streak. You know, everybody's going to get a fluky win. Right. But for the most part, like, I mean... They get out of oh, that no. dome and they're just a disaster. And and you could tell. And 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 you had texted me and I thought part of that was was yeah, part of that was Atlanta not wanting to really be there, but part of that was the Packers I think with the renewed you know, sense of optimism or urgency or I mean, change it you you can't that's not something you can measure. Sure, you could just a honeymoon see, phase for yeah, sure. Yeah. You could just see the effects of it and I thought the effects were generally good. I thought there was better body language. I thought there was better performances, and and you have to take it with a grain of salt, of course, because you're playing a bad team. I mean, you can't, uh, and you had mentioned again that people, Packers fans saying, oh, they're back, look at this, and whatever, and it's like, still alive, (sighs) got a chance. And that's fine, you are, and the mathematics, yes, 5%, great, you are correct in that statement, but, and I had this conversation with Michael today, It's, it's, you know, Part of it is his optimism that they th- that he thinks that this is a Super Bowl caliber team. They can make the playoffs every single year. They're just not though. That's kind of where I was at. And if and if you come to the realization, I don't even think that it should be a kind of where you're at. You've watched this team play 13 games. What 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 facet of football are they even above average at? So far this season, nothing. Yeah. I mean, your your quarterback has really good efficiency you have, numbers. You have you have one great player, mm-hmm. and you have a bunch of okay C plus guys. Yeah. And you know, if you want to say Devonte Adams is a A minus B plus, yeah. well, fine. But, but re- receivers don't typically but you need swing the balance no. of whether or not you're a good or a bad you need team. More and 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 I said to him, to me, if you if you could come to the realization that this is not a team that you think can get hot, catch lightning in a bottle, and go and either compete or win a Super Bowl, then to me, you look to get better. How do you do that? Improving your draft stock. Mm-hmm. Period. I would rather have, rather have it at one end of the spectrum, where if you got a chance, fine, let's go. If you know you don't have a chance, then I don't care how many games you lose. It's the gift and the curse of having a great player on your team. It's, the, it's, it's, what, did it, I, what was my analogy? It, I told you. They're the cockroaches of the NFL. <laughs> you can't kill them. You can step on him. You can spray raid on him. You can set traps for him. But you walk in the kitchen and turn the light on, and there he is, running across the floor, number twelve. Because you can't kill that team. Because there's always this little glimmer, and it's even within. Forget the whole season part. Even within a game, 
you can't kill this team. Because there's always that glimmer of hope where it's like, well, there's a minute 10 left. They got one timeout. They're down six. He might throw it 112 yards and hit it off the goalpost and some no-name tight end is going it's to right. catch it and never catch another pass again. Exactly, Could happen. That's exactly right. Yeah, that, that's, that's you know, how it works. But that's the, that's that's, the gift that's, and the curse when you're a Packer fan with this team right. because... I well, don't know anybody in their right mind that should should want this team to make the playoffs. Well, I talked to one today, and he's related to me. Well, I said right mind. <laughs> See, why, why, why do you want to watch I, the Packers go play? See, and I don't at Dallas. I don't. And let's say okay, now they beat Dallas. Now they got to go play the Rams again. Do you really think this team? They haven't won a road game yet, so they're going to go on the road in the playoffs and win three times, and then go to come on, come on. Go buy a scratch-off. Everybody always says that just get there and you give yourself a chance. And the players say that. The coaches say that. Just get me there. Yes. Well, you got to have the Vikings lose the rest of the way. The Eagles have to lose, which they're thinking Carson Wentz is going to play. And let's be honest, they're pretty much done. Carolina's on the way down. So, I mean, yes, is everything lining up that that could be a possibility? Sure. Yeah. Do you want it to be? I don't. Right. I'd rather have the Vikings win and just squash that. Or, fine, Bears win on Sunday. Don't care. Just get me to the gas station. Because, I mean, I, I might win the Powerball. So long as you <laughs> I, just, I might. Just, just, just drop me off. If you get me there, I got a chance. <laughs> right? That's that's what it is. Yeah. Well, can we talk about Joe Challenge Philbin here for a minute? Because <laughs> that was priceless. I tweeted and said, <laughs> just give him the job. That's great. Awesome. Nice work, guy. I, I'll tell you what, I, I think he will be a very, very legitimate candidate. He everybody if you don't th- if you if you watch the Cardinal game and then you watch the Falcon game and you just watched Rogers oh, and you're gonna night and, you're, and, and, and you're gonna tell me that he didn't want McCarthy gone, come on. Night and day. Yep. It was like a different p- person. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think Joe I think Joe Philbin is is a guy that isn't going to challenge Rogers. You know, he's going to let Rodgers kind of do what he wants to do. I think um, within the scheme that he wants him to run, I don't think he's going to try to be his um he's going to try to be the try to be the king. This this guy you know? like basically cried on on hard knocks when he had to cut Chad Johnson when he was a coach of the Dolphins. It's not a guy you want coaching your football team. Well, and nice so, nice man. So I think Barnwell had said in an article when he ran down the co- potential coaching candidates that Miami has a tendency to make coaches look terrible well. even though they may not be. Because of the players that are there, it, you, you can. It's not everything. Like who's he referring? But to? you got to figure. Who else has been bad in Miami? Pretty much everybody. Well, yeah, but where did they go to have success? I mean, the only one is Saban, and get, he had to leave the league to do it. Get better players, I guess. To well, me, that's a management problem, sure. not a coach problem. Yeah, but it was. It, it it was kind of a dumpster fire down there. You had the whole incognito thing, and they were losing, uh, yeah. and they kind of quit on him, and they yeah. they you know it it wasn't a good good regime for Philbin down there. But well, if they fight, if they have a new head coach, <laughs> I would be really hard pressed to see him to to see the new guy keep Philbin. But maybe the quarterback is going to say, "Listen, you need to do this," and then I think that'll be probably be the first first big head test for the head coach. Do I let my quarterback have a big say in who was on my staff? Well, what I think will be the most interesting is how Rodgers gets along with his new coach, Brett Favre. Can you? We could just stop the podcast right now if that's the case. Really? 
Oh, it, 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 I no. saw today that Brett, no. Brett would be intrigued. I, with Michael the sent me that link as well, and I said, <laughs> "Who are you? What are you doing?" Please, Mark Murphy, I'm begging you, make this happen. I'm begging you. If I have to listen to Packer stuff every day because I live here, at least let it be Favre Rogers, uh, who's smarter, who's in charge. Oh, my God, it would be gold. Gold, Jerry, gold. This whole thing, that that really, like, sets a really deep pit feeling in my stomach. (laughs) Like, really, that would be just an awful. Better yet, bring him in as your quarterback's coach. I do, Fantastic. I, I'd fire Gudikins and let him just pick the team. Why not? Favre? Yeah, why not? What the hell? <laughs> okay. Well, we're officially off the rails. I think everyone in Wisconsin that's got that pretend stock thing that they all spent money on that makes that's people think that hanging they, in their house. That they think they actually own the team. They yep. should all send those to Brett so then he could walk in and say that he's actually he's the, the majority owner. He's the majority owner. owner. <laughs> That's great. See, right here. Uh, I, I can do what I, got, I want. I got this whole stack of I these do papers. What I want. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Wait, these don't count? Wait. No. I guess I have a lot of postage to mail I them I, back. I guess I got to go get back on my tractor and put my Wranglers back on. Or some copper stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Eh, we're a little giggly today. Oh, yeah. All right. Around the league, uh, looking at the playoff picture, um, Kansas City's up, up there. Um, right at the top in the AFC, you don't have a record for New England. Are they eleven and two as well? No, they're tied with Houston nine and uh, four. Nine and four. Okay, yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh. How about boy? That, how about the end of that game though? The the Patriot game. Oh you my ever, god! I've never seen anything like that no. in the NFL because it doesn't work. No. And what do you do with it? Gronkowski looked absolutely uh, like a fish out of well, water. That was a, that was a Belichick screwed that one up. Of course he did. Mm-hmm. But he's probably thinking they're going to heave it, and I got a guy who can catch the ball who's tall or at least can knock it down. Oh, wait a minute. They're going to lateral yeah, it eight were, times? But they were on like their own 25. I don't like, care. How the hell far does he I think Tannehill can throw it? Oh, no. But it's not. Remember that Mike Vick commercial when he like threw it out of the stadium? <laughs> remember that? Yes. I don't think Tannehill can do that. No, that's not Tannehill. No. Uh-uh. Um, the Steelers are, Yeesh. that's trouble, man. They are going down and fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 7-5-1. and one. I think they still play Baltimore one more time, if I'm not mistaken. And that's probably going to be for the division. Are they going to even be over 500, though? I mean, I don't know who else they got left. I mean, 7-5-1? and one? Let me look it up real quick. And if they got Baltimore again, um, Chargers are 10-3. and three. You got the Ravens there. Uh, Indianapolis, Tennessee, Miami, all at seven and six. Okay, here, let me go ahead. We got Patriots at Steelers this week. Ooh. We got Steelers at Saints the following oh. week, and then they're home for the Bengals. So no Ravens, no Ravens. But these next two, I mean, I can't. I would, I, I would be surprised if they went one and one. You, so you think? I would think they're going to lose both. Yeah, that's kind of what I would think. So and then, okay. So you sneak? Do you even sneak in at eight, eight, seven, seven and one? one? I mean, I mean, I'd have to look at the full standings to see where they're at. But to me, even if you do that, that's kind of like a Ray Rhodes eight and eight, you're fired yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean that they demand more from Tomlin, I think, as far as that's they got a lot of good players on that team. Something something's off there. What is it? I, I don't know. I somebody. I think. I think. Uh, Cowherd, your boy, brought it up the other day. Yeah. It, 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 it's almost like the the Steelers have something similar going on with Roethlisberger and Tomlin that the Packers did with McCarthy and, and Rodgers, mm-hmm. 
where like any even some of the interviews you've heard of you know from those two guys like they don't really seem like they're totally in lockstep you know like you listen to like Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson like you know those guys are on the same page right like I don't think you necessarily get that with Pittsburgh and maybe it's you know maybe it's Roethlisberger being 38 and just being old and doesn't want to do things differently than what he's always done it but I don't know, man. That team, uh, I thought they were a definite Super Bowl contender even without Bell, but... Yeesh. Where's Bell going next year? I heard the Colts. Well, Boy, that'd be something. Put him with Andrew Luck? Wow. Kind of improve that offense. Yeah. Um, nobody at the bottom end of that really is exciting. The 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 Dolphins, <laughs> the Titans... The, the team that is most intriguing to me is the team that has probably improved from last year to this year, and that's the Colts. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they could do any damage. Just because they got a, yeah. a good player. Against but, anybody at the top. I mean, yeah, I really don't. I don't. Baltimore, Tennessee, and Miami, I mean... <laughs> no. I I don't know. I mean, all three of them could lose out, and no yeah. one would be surprised. No, I, I don't think so either. I, I don't think you see any of the bottom seeds in the AFC making a run. Mm-mm. I really don't. Um... NFC? Yeah. You got the Rams and the Saints, 11 and 2. Um, right now, the Saints got that tiebreaker because of the head to head. Bears, 9 and 4. Cowboys, all up to 8 and 5. Sneaky. Yeah. Um, I was talking to one Cowboys fan a couple of weeks ago, and he just said, blow the whole thing up. Start oh, over. That's what Aikman said, too. He came out and said that a couple of weeks ago, and they haven't lost since. But, you know, traditionally, the Cowboys have always kind of struggled uh, when they have a little bit of success for whatever reason. I don't know if Jerry Jones and them, the the people down there, they just get a little cocky. Right. Um, but this Cowboy teams, it's, it's different from ones we've seen in the last few years. They're very, very defensive oriented. I know Cooper had the big game the other day, but you know, this team, they would, they would just assume beat you 13 to 10. You know, they're not going to score 30 points right. very routinely. Um, Seattle eight and five. Now that that's a dangerous team. Team that I would do. well. We said that like we said that for the last two or three weeks. The yeah. team that's maybe just going to get in there as a wild card. I tell you but what. Watch out for them on the road. That Packer game kind of changed things for them. You know they seem to kind of have righted the ship and won. They won a game they probably shouldn't have won in that game, and uh, it seems to kind of propelled them a little bit. I mean Russell Wilson was awful the other night against Minnesota, but. All of a sudden, that defense looked like it did three, four years ago. Yeah, so m- minus more than half the players, minus the mouths. So we'll see how that goes, and then yeah, then the back end of the NFC is similar to the AFC. You I, got, think, I, I, I mean, I think the Vikings are done unless somehow the new offensive coordinator gets on the page with Zimmer. Zimmer said he's going to be well, more involved with the offense. Who, who, I don't. I mean, Carolina. Is, all these teams are just trending. Yeah. way down. I mean, Washington's on its fourth quarterback. Well, yeah, they're they're six and seven, but I don't think they're going to win another game. That's what I mean. Carolina so, plays the Saints twice in the next three weeks. They waited until the last three weeks of the season to schedule the same twice. Game. Yeah, so I guess if you're Carolina, you're hoping that maybe that last game doesn't matter for the Saints. So they can it probably everybody. will because they're, they're tied with the Rams the top, right yeah. now. Um, yeah, yeah, they can't lose. You know, Philadelphia sounds like Wentz might not play this yep. week. So maybe they go back to Foles. Maybe they're better with Foles. Who knows? I mean, Carolina just seems to be the big underachieving. I mean, you, you've seen Philadelphia all year, and you're kind of like, this isn't the Super Bowl team no, from last no. year. But you think Carolina, and they, they, they're over 500, and now you're like, what's what's wrong? Well, with I've them? heard a lot of people speculate that Cam might be hurt. 
Okay. Something something with a shoulder. All right. Um, you know, he's playing through it, obviously, but he's thrown a lot of interceptions the last couple weeks. Um, so who knows? But yeah, the the I if you if you look at it, I would say there there's seven good teams in football, eight maybe. You know, you got the Chiefs, the Patriots. I guess you gotta throw Houston in there. And the Chargers. In the Chargers. And then in the NFC, you got the Rams, the the Saints, the Bears. Do you think I Dallas know and Seattle are good? Great. I think they're good. Yeah, I think they're yeah, good. They, 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 I like that line that you put there. Yeah. You know, uh, after that though, I mean, it's just kind of any. I mean, any of these seven and six teams in the AFC, they could lose to the Raiders. Oof, they could because they're just not that good. So that's a tough chore. I'm, I was actually surprised. I mean, I think everybody was surprised, but. Now they got a lawsuit going out in Oakland as yeah. well. Yeah. Fire your general manager because it's his fault that Gruden wanted your top two playmakers traded away. Amari Cooper and Cleo Mack. Because it's the GM's fault. Well. Got it. It's I I it sounds like Gruden that was probably discussed when they hired him. Oh, of course. This was just a one year deal for McKenzie and but then, then why Gruden do was it? gonna bring his own guys. I mean, why in. do it right now? I mean, really? Well, I from what I heard, I think they went to him similar to what the Packer what people wanted the Packers to do with McCarthy. And they were basically like, "You want to? You're gonna be gone at the end of the year. Do you want to stick around or no?" And I think McKenzie just said no. Doesn't, so I don't. I don't blame him. All right, what do you got for quarterbacks here? You want you want a little quarterback roulette playing over well, here? A lot of talk about Mahomes after the Raven game. The what other do you day. mean his no look pass? His no look pass and just some of the things that he's able to do. And I got to thinking about it, and I was looking at that division. And you got to think about it. If you're if you're a Chiefs fan, you've now got a guy for the next ten years, and of course everything is barring injury, for the next ten years where you should be the best team in the division. And that's a guy that I think, if he progresses like you you would think he would, is going to be similar to a Brady, a Manning, a Rodgers, where it's like every year you're going to feel like you have an opportunity to win a title. Mm-hmm. And then I got to thinking about, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the other young quarterbacks. You got Watson, Mayfield, Darnold, Trubisky, Rosen, Dak, Lamar Jackson. You know, these are guys that have all been drafted in the last year or two. I don't think any of those other guys, with maybe the exception of Mayfield, that like you, you look at them and you see something that's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like a little bit better? special. Yes. Um, I think Watson is a good player. I think he's got potential to be a several multiple time Pro Bowler. Uh, maybe could even win an MVP. But you know, is he a guy that you know you're like, okay, well, we have him on our team, so we have a chance to win a title. I don't know. None of those players outside of Mahomes give me that feeling. And just because Mayfield is in Cleveland, he doesn't give me that feeling. No, but, but he, he's got a little, if you've watched him play He's all, got the swagger. He's, he's got, got the little, confidence. There's a little something yes, there. I, I, I would agree with you. You know, like you haven't seen that out of Darnold, but it's hard to judge because they're so bad. That's what I mean. Right. You know, and, and Lamar Jackson, uh, I think this is going to be a very short run for him. You think so? Yeah, I, he can't well, throw. Well, what are they going to do? Well, Flacco's done. You're going to have to draft another guy and say you were well, our... I, I think they're going to trot him out there next year. I think it's going to be kind of similar to like what happened with RG3 in, in uh, Washington. Washington. I think these guys that they're 
their predominant skill as a quarterback is to run the ball. They just don't last. Mm-hmm. You got to figure it out. I mean, you know, and even looking at a guy like Trubisky, like I think Trubisky is going to turn out to be fine. Um, he's never going to be a 4,000 yard, 40 touchdown guy. Um, I think he can be a good quarterback. I think he could make a couple pro bowls potentially. He's not MVP level, but, but he's certainly not a guy that like, if Khalil Mack got hurt, I go, well, we got Mitch. (laughs) No, no, no. not doing that. You know, where if Travis Kelsey got hurt and you just lost Kareem Hunt. And if Andy Reid retired next year, if I was a Chiefs fan, I go, oh, we're fine. We got Mahomes. I think that's fair. You know, I mean, do you, do you disagree with no. me on any of these other guys? I mean, Josh, I mean, Josh, and it's it's primarily because of the team they're on and their surrounding cast and just what history says. I mean, the Cardinals sank pretty low when Kurt Warner left, mm-hmm. um, and Josh Rosen, is it up to him to to, to bring that team back? Um, yeah. Uh, who's the kid in in Buffalo? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yep. So I, I mean, you could put him on that list, but it's like I guess okay. it's like when. <sighs> I, I, I just all I agree with that. I I agree with that. But I guess it's like I I watched Rosen come in late in the Bear game early in the season, and then I watched him obviously in the Packer yep. game. I didn't see one play out of him in the game and a half that I watched that I thought, "Wow, that was a really good play." Now, you know, is that partly the plays that are called, the people around him? Yeah, probably partly. But sometimes you just watch a guy and you're like, Jesus. That was impressive, right? I haven't seen that really out of yeah. out of most of these guys. Even Dak, it's like I agree with that. He's whole won list. a lot yeah. of games, and I think a lot of these guys on here. I think you can win a lot of games with Deshaun Watson. I think you can win a lot of games with Sam Darnold if you get a team around him. But Mahomes is just there's just something different about him. I, w- I would agree. You know, I'm 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 fine with that. Just an interesting I like thought I yeah. had when I no, was it's good talking to my dog. All right, this week's games, uh, good one on Thursday, surprisingly, and yeah. uh, looks like Gordon's going to be a game-time decision for the Chargers. They're in Kansas City to, ch- to take on the Chiefs. Is it just me or, like, the last two years, the schedule on Thursday was brutal? Like, there wasn't even a single game outside of Packers-Bears, I think, there was on a Thursday, where you'd be, like, really... Like oh yeah this this NFL week they were gonna, really bad gonna last kick year. off on a good note yeah this year it seems like almost half the games you're like oh mm-hmm. okay there's football on on Fox yeah I'm gonna watch because it looks like it could be a good game I think last week's was really one of the only true unwatchable ones that te- it was Tennessee and Jacksonville I yes. think. But yeah, I mean, you had the week before it was the Saints and the Cowboys. You got this one this week. Saw it, Seahawks and Packers. Yep. So there's been on some it, so good I mean, ones. Yeah. So and, and and you got that trend continuing um, on Thursday. Packers and Bears. Obviously, it's Soldier. Um, Cowboys are at Indianapolis. That could be an interesting game for both teams trying to move up in the playoff pecking order. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas is trying to get that division, and I think a win. I mean, it, to me, that division has already been won just because of the dumpster fire of teams behind them. That would be a massive win for Indianapolis. Oh, for sure. I mean, for I, sure. they really haven't, you know, they're seven and six. They haven't really beaten anybody of note. Um, to, But to be able to, if they could knock off a hot Dallas team, um, I think that would really, it's maybe tough. not for this year, but kind of going forward. It's a tough road game for Dallas, too. It is. Um, Dolphins in Minnesota, I think Miami's flying high. They get to play inside, so the elements aren't going to affect them. Minnesota, new offensive coordinator. 
Um, that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patriots at the Steelers. We talked about that a little bit earlier, and now this is one of those games for Pittsburgh where, to me, they're just treading water and trying to blow up the life raft at the same time. I think you, it's kind of a must win for them. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would Facing the schedule that they're facing. Because you're not going to go to New Orleans and win. You wouldn't think. Wouldn't think. Stranger things, obviously. Um, Eagles go to the Rams, kind of kick a team when they're down sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. especially if they got to run Foles out there. He wasn't played in right. two months. And then a uh, game that would do well for the Packers uh, for Carolina to lose. They're at home, but the Saints are in town. So they got they're, they're still going to have snow on the ground over there because they got hit with a snowstorm. I don't know. That's a good question. So is, is New Orleans now going to have to play? You wouldn't think playing in Carolina you'd have to worry about the elements. But maybe you will this yeah. weekend. I don't know. So that is what, uh, boy, almost 40 minutes of the NFL again. But it's coming down to the nitty-gritty yeah. here. Yep. All right, you want to jump to the Bucks? <laughs> yeah, 18-8, um, and eight, still second in the East. Um, Seems like the season's been going longer than 26 games for them. It just well, does. Well, they, they've spread the schedule out a little bit more, so they, these guys are playing less back-to-backs. Okay. Um, you know, they're starting the season about two weeks earlier than they used to. So, um they had a good week. Um, knocked off Detroit, Toronto, and Cleveland. And, the road uh, win at the Air Canada. Big win. Yeah. Big win for them, um, not only in terms of, uh, you know, that's the team ahead of them in the standings, Toronto is, but, um, you know, Toronto's a very good team, and they've got a lot of weapons. They're very versatile, and they're, they've been pretty unbeatable at home this year. And for the Bucks to go up there and play them at, you know, play Toronto at full strength, and uh, and to win that game, it was a back and forth game. It was a good game, and to be able to come out on top, that's that's big for them going forward. Um, Eric Bledsoe really played well again. He's he's been on a little bit of a hot streak, and uh, he is really in the two games against Toronto. He's really shut down Kyle Lowry, who's the number two guy for the Raptors. I be, I don't even think he scored the other night. Um, so that's that's very encouraging to see. And then, of course, taking taking care of business against Detroit and Cleveland like you should at home. Right. Um, they did lose to Golden State, but it's, it's Golden you know, State. It's Golden State. It's they're they're getting healthy and starting to ramp things up. So now they're on a road trip. Yep. Started so, started with the Pacers on Wednesday night. Got that tonight, and then at Cleveland and at Detroit, um, should win all three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, definitely need to beat Cleveland. They're terrible. I watched that the other night for about a quarter and a half, and I had to turn it off. They're so bad. There, so that's one of those things where you know how in soccer, like in the in the in the European whatever the hell Premier League or whatever, <laughs> like if you don't finish in the top ten, they relegate you to the lower division. Yeah. They should do that in the NBA to like four teams a year. Get the Bulls and the Cavs the hell out of here. They're not even NBA caliber. They're not well run. They're not well coached. Do they don't do play well. Then? I don't care. Put them in the G League. Do whatever you want with them. <laughs> but I don't want to have to watch them. I shouldn't have to pay. Uh, full ticket price to go watch that shit. It's terrible. All right, that okay. rant, that rant. Wow, over. no, I like it. That was good. Just some general stuff around the league. Uh, LeBron and D Wade had their final boy uh, game against each other the other night. <laughs> like LeBron putting Wade in the position for that last shot, which was it just absolutely abysmal. I love Dwayne Wade. He's one of my favorite NBA players ever. Um, come on, man. Time to be done. No, the, the the whole LeBron Wade thing. I mean, like, were, were they taping a shoe commercial? I mean, like, c- 
could it have been more staged? I mean, they, the game ends and they just kind of stand and look at each other and then they bro hug and then they're giving each other jerseys. And then, you know, the, the press conference afterward with, or on the court between Boy, the two of them and I'm they're just playing kissy face with each other. Glad I didn't watch that mess. It's just kind of like, uh, you know, eh. I know you guys are buddies. We all get it, but you're still supposed to be competing here, man. You know? Right. I, I don't know. I just kind of. I'm kind of over that. I'm not a fan of the whole sidebars to to games and that kind of that. That's not. I, I want want to watch the game. I don't want to do, deal with any of that. Well, Giannis came out this week and and made a comment about you know he was invited by uh, some of the some of the stars, the other stars of the league, to come out to New York this summer and to to work out. I think it was like LeBron and and Durant and a couple of these guys, and he turned them down. And he basically said, you know, like. I don't want to work out with somebody whose ass I'm trying to kick. Right. Like, I don't want them to know my my thought process. Like, I don't want them to learn my tendencies. Like, you're you not know, giving them an inch at all. I'm I'm cool with yeah. you. Like, we can be friends. But like, if, if we're teammates someday you know, and we're trying to do the trying to win, yeah, that's that's different. But and right now, no. I heard Tracy McGrady talk, and he was telling a story the other day on ESPN about him and Kobe, pretty much the same age. Um, I think Kobe came into the league in 96. I think T-Mac came in in 97 or 98. But uh, they used to work out together when they were young, when they were like late teens, early 20s. When Kobe was had already established himself as a star and T-Mac was on the rise, they worked out together. And T-Mac said that like once he, McGrady got to the level of didn't, Kobe... Didn't work out anymore. They didn't work out together anymore. Like... They were still very good friends. I'm trying to beat you. But like, yeah, you're 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 my rival now. Like when I'm trying to win the scoring title, like I'm competing against you for that. I'm trying to play you in the finals. You know? Um, I don't know. It, it's it's an old school mentality that a lot of the you know, the young people that write and talk about the league, they they don't understand Giannis's mindset. But, you know, I guess if you were born after the year two thousand, you don't get it. And if you were born before it, you totally get it. You know, but um, I don't know. I just I found that to be a, a an interesting All thing. Right. But um, Boston's won six in a row. They're getting hot, starting to play well. Um, Indiana's won four in a row going into the Buck game tonight. They're getting Oladipo back tonight. Um, the West is still a complete mess. What's going on over there? Well, they just got a lot of. There's a lot of good teams. But is there a lot of underachieving teams? A couple. There's a couple underachieving. There's a couple overachieving. Um, Houston and Utah, who were the number one and I believe four seeds respectively last year, are currently 14 and 13 in the West. And you've got Memphis and Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento, who hasn't made the playoffs, I think, in like 14 years. They're currently sitting about number five. Um, the Clippers, who nobody thought was going to be any good, they've been at the top of the West almost the whole season. I think they're down to like three. Um, so there's some teams that, you know, I think it'll all even out at the end kind of where everybody's supposed to be but um right now it's it it's it's been an interesting first third of the year where are you at with the bulls because they, i mean that's a team in the in the region um it kind of, they kind of get the second most headlines most consistently outside of milwaukee you've got gar foreman jim paxson they fire fred hoiberg with three out of their five starters injured and everybody says that injuries can never be used as an excuse well Except yeah. that they always are, <laughs> right? Well, right, but I mean, <laughs> I I just don't understand how you can just throw that reason out the window. 
I have my five best players. Three of my five best players are injured. Of course I'm not going to be as good. I don't realize how you can't use that as justification on why my team isn't good. You're saying that the coach is then responsible for making those other players who don't have as much talent play to the level of the guys that are hurt? That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't. And so that's the coach's fault? So he's fired? Now you get a guy that the rest of the players clearly hate the way he runs the team. Yeah, well, they they scapegoated Hoiberg. Um the, the Bulls are just one of the, you know, you and I have talked about it. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but we've talked about it in the car going to games. Plenty when, of road when trips. We're just, yep. When we're just shooting the breeze. But, like, if you want to figure out if a team is a, a quality organization, you just look at the ownership and the management, and the Bulls are a disaster. Um, you got Jerry Reinsdorf, who's in his 80s, who owns the team. Um, I believe his son runs the day-to-day. Don't really know if he knows what he's doing. You got Paxson and Gar Foreman who are, are supposed the, to coexist. Right. Um, they've done a piss poor job the last six or eight years of putting together a team. I mean, they had some bad luck early in the decade when Rose got hurt. You know, they had they had Rose, they had Noah, they had Dang, they had Jimmy Butler. They were right on the cusp of making the finals and competing for a title. Rose got hurt. They right. had bad luck. Kind of ruined everything. Um, you know, then they, they go to kind of dismantle that team. They get rid of everybody, and they keep Butler, and they give him a big contract, and they, they bring in Hoiberg, and they say, well, we're going we're gonna to go young. We're going to do a rebuild. We're going to go young. And then three weeks later, they sign a 35-year-old <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Wade and yeah. a 30-year-old Rajon Rondo. Yeah, I remember that. And it's like, well, well wait, wait a, a minute. minute. <laughs> you just said you're going to go young. So yeah. then those guys play there that year, and they sneak into the playoffs as an eighth seed and get get bounced. <clears throat> then they go into the offseason and decide that they're going to trade. They're not going to bring Wade back. They're not going to bring Rondo back, and they're going to trade Butler. So they trade Butler to the T-Wolves, and in the midst of this, they've fired Thibodeau, who's the best coach they've had since Phil Jackson. So Thibodeau goes to Minnesota. So then they end up trading Butler to Minnesota for uh, Chris Dunn, and I think it was like the number 7 pick in the draft, which ends up being Lori Markkinen. And everybody kills Minnesota. For not getting enough in return, or for, they kill the Bulls. I'm sorry for not, for not getting, getting enough in return for Butler. Well, turns out Markin is really good, good. Yeah, and Dunn is a capable point guard if he can um, stay healthy. So last year they're kind of in a rebuild again, and uh, you know they know it and they're fine with it. And they get another top ten pick. They get Wendell Carter out of Duke. Markin gets hurt in the preseason, doesn't play. Portis gets hurt, doesn't play. Sign Jabari Parker. Sign Jabari Parker and overpay him. Overpay Zach Levine, who was part of the Butler trade. Um, and then they don't win games, and the management wonders why. Well, it's because you put a shitty roster out there, guys. <laughs> I mean, I understand that the general manager is not going to fire himself, but what is Reinsdorf doing? He's not. I know he's not signing guys with the White Sox. Playing tic-tac-toe He's in not his worrying office. about the hot stove. No. Well, they they ain't doing nothing. They just got Ivan Nova. Come on. So, like... What 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 are you doing, Bulls management here? And I mean, I I'm not a Bulls fan. I love Jordan, but I never liked the Bulls because you know they're the Buck rival. Yeah. So I I do take a little. I get a little Schadenfreude in watching them. I like it. You know, melt down. But I mean, they've got talent. Um, this this Boylan guy, I've no, I have no idea who he is. Um, when they said they hired Jim Boylan, I thought it was the Jim Boylan that was on the Buck staff. See, a couple that's years what ago, I thought that's too. Currently on the Cleveland staff. Oh. So this other Jim Boyle, I don't even know who the hell he is. So he's got his own. Th- okay, good. And he um, ca- and he obviously came in there beating his chest about something, 
and uh, they got blown out last week by 50, and he tries to run a three-and-a-half-hour practice the Sunday after two back-to-backs. Players say, no, don't think so. This ain't college, bro. That's, that, that's a nice mutiny they put on to have yeah. a players-only meeting, and then I think Levine met privately to kind of do the airing of the grievances, I guess, and a app- little bit. Apparently in the rumored text chain of the players, I believe Robin Lopez, brother of yep, Bucks Brooke. player Brooke, who is a vet, and uh, Levine, I believe, are the only two that said, I'm not sure we should skip practice. Maybe because they want the, the rest of the team, they wanted to just not show up. Um, which, again, you know, I mean, Jabari, I mean, really? Like, y- you want to be a star in this league and you want all this money. And then you come out and you say things like, I'm not going to guard anybody. And then you're going to just not show up for practice. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like you're gonna be out of this. You're gonna be playing in China in three years. Uh-huh. You keep this up. I, I don't. I don't get it. But they're yeah. they're a dumpster fire, man. Yep. They're they're bad. That's it. It's it's a new episode every week. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, uh, I I don't know anything about the Durant comments that you that you have down here. So well, he came out. Yeah, he was on Bill Simmons' podcast, and I guess he said uh, the two greatest players in the history of the NBA are Michael Jordan and Kobe. And uh, really. And that uh, if you don't recognize them as geniuses in the vein of Einstein, Beethoven, and Obama, (laughs) not quite sure what he invented, but okay. Um, But basically the whole thing Uh is like him throwing shade, not including LeBron. Um, but it just gets into this whole see, Kevin Durant is sensitive and this and that, which I didn't take it that way. I, is, I, I took it as like LeBron's my contemporary. Again, it's a guy I'm, I'm competing against. I'm not going to tell this guy he's one of the two best players in the world ever. So I, I get that. But, man, do the, people just blow everything out of proportion, don't they? I just can't. As, as much as I'm not a basketball guy, but when I want to watch a couple games and you got me and I want to try and catch up with what I've missed – and then I see stuff like this. It turns me off. Why? Because this is just stupid off-court drama crap that I don't I don't want I don't want to even hear about. These guys seem to be bigger personalities and have more opinions and think they are uh, entitled is a bad word, but more more sought after to be heard by fans about a variety of of issues or opinions. And I, I just don't care. It, it, I want to stick to the sporting end of it. Show me what it's like on the court. If you have a rivalry with somebody, I want to see you play. You know what I mean? Sure, I, I don't sure. I don't want you to go on and start drama with this. Like the the thing you talked about with uh, LeBron and Wade. I, that Okay, fine. After the, with the jersey thing, I'm clicking the TV off. Mm-hmm. The game's over. That's as far as it goes for me. I don't want to hear anything else. People in this day and age seem to like that stuff I, I know. more more and, than ever. And I'm not one of yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, the the, Lebr- the LeBron Wade thing to me, I, I didn't mind. I wouldn't have minded as much if it didn't look so rehearsed and scripted. It just looked kind of fake to me. Um, with basketball, it's, it's, I'm a basketball guy. You're a football guy. So we, we come at this from different points yeah. of view. You know, basketball players are, for, for lack of a better term, naked out on the field. You see their face. You see yep. their tattoos. Absolutely. You see every, every face they make. You yep. can hear what they're saying on the court. Football, you don't get that. You know, you're trying to decipher Rodgers' body language from 
200 yards away in the stands, right. and he's wearing a helmet on. Right. You can't really tell. Your only clue is maybe a field microphone sometimes. The the problem, the, the biggest difference is the hardest thing for anybody, the hardest thing to get a basketball player to understand is who they are as a player. You don't have that problem in football. You know, you don't have to go into the Packer locker room. Brian Bulag is not walking around the Packer locker room going, this is bullshit. I should be carrying the ball. Who the hell is Aaron Jones? I think Brian Bulag is really walking but anymore. My, but, but my I point, my point is he's yes. a lineman. Yes. He understands his role. I don't touch yes. the ball. We're in basketball. It's like Why not you can me? be the ninth guy in an eight-man rotation where you're supposed to be, but you don't understand why you're not starting and getting 15 to 20 shots a game because at one point in your life, you were that guy. So it's just, it's a, it's different. Basketball players growing up have their ass kissed way more than any other athlete does. I mean, nobody's touting the greatness of an eighth grade center mm-hmm. in football. They're touting the greatness of an eighth grade center in basketball. Though. Yes. So All right. it's just different, man. Okay. It's 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 one of those things. Um, All right. Lastly, yep. your boy Kyrie, Ugh. your boy Curry, the world is flat. Did we you watch PTI on yesterday? I did. Wilbon went nuts. And so did Kornheiser. He said, give me the camera right on me because I got something to say to these guys. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, I mean, it's two credible old school journalists who grew up with, or who cut their teeth when journalism got to be very, very important in America. Reporting yep. stories, yep. documenting history. I mean, the, these these were the guys that were in the trenches when a lot of stuff was going on. Whether you deal with sports or not, the, a lot of stuff was happening in the country. Oh, Kornheiser was working at the Washington Post during the Nixon stuff. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, the, these guys understand what it's like. So, it's personally insulting to them for somebody and and Wilbon was hoping they were trolling and I don't know whether they were or not they were being well, serious. Steph came out today and said obviously I was a thousand percent joking. Well, it wasn't that obvious, man. I'm not I, I listened to that podcast. And not what, picking what, up your that, sarcasm. Wasn't that obvious. Yeah. I mean they were laughing and joking around, but like at the end you didn't know where he was. No. No. Well. And I, I, I'm with those guys. I think that the you know these guys want to say stupid stuff. They're they're certainly entitled to, but the problem is, especially for a guy like Steph Curry, who basically every little kid in America worships because he's a little guy and, and, he, you also, and he's become a star. You also represent your team. You represent companies who pay you a lot of money. Yeah, you you can't you say that nope. in this day and age where people don't fact check anymore. I mean, Jesus, you can go on Twitter and somebody can go, Trump said this, and then everybody gloms on it and go, oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. Well... Did anybody okay, actually well, how look many, into did that? Did you go back? Did you read it? Did you see it? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and that's why NASA came out and said... Um, We'd be glad to show you proof. Come on in. And Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, tweeted out something like, yeah, it's it, the moon landing was fake, and the 429,000 people that have worked on all of the space missions since then have never said a word about it. They've all been silent. Like, Really? <laughs> You know, come on, Steph. Uh, that's good. You sound like an idiot. That's pretty much what he sounds like. All yeah. right, we are closing in on the hour mark, and we still got a couple of things to go uh, to run through really quick. Not a whole lot uh, happened in college hoops. The Badgers are going to be off, but you and I were monitoring that Marquette game. 
Overtime game, mm-hmm. and uh, and you said that the Badgers were going to win because of some early Marquette turnovers, not taking advantage of points, some poor possessions, but uh, still a quality win and puts them back in the in, in the top 25. Yeah, um, I think these teams are pretty much dead even. I think they played 10 times. They each win five. Um, the same problems for the Badgers they had last year kind of reared its head in that game. They can't make free throws. Um, you know, they make free throws late in that game, they probably win. Um, but Marquette did enough to win. Um, they didn't shoot the ball particularly well, especially Howard. I think he was like six for 26 yes, or yep. something uh-huh. like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, good win for Marquette. Yeah. Certainly not a bad loss for the Badgers. No. Um, you know, they should both go into their conferences I mean, and do well. It's a rivalry thing, so yep. that might stick with you, you know, yeah. in your craw for a little bit, but that's fine. Yep. You know, whatever. No more than that, um, though. I don't know anything about North Dakota coming up. Uh no, I don't really either. Um, they Marquette should handle them. Probably have a better ba- uh, football team than a basketball team, I would imagine. Well, we're but, we're in that exam time now, yeah, where there's only like, like a game or two for two weeks, and they're usually and, not tough. You take a break from the conference to take your mind uh, off everything, and that hence the Badgers on Thursday playing Savannah State. Yeah. Um, at three and seven, and I don't know anything about that Tigers program, but in in reading a little bit and doing some stuff for the for the radio. Um, they got blasted by somebody the other day, yes. like North South Dakota State yes. or something like that. Probably the Jackrabbits or yeah. something. But the the interesting thing that I found was over half of their field goal attempts are threes. Mm-hmm. They average forty five threes a game. Nuts, just nuts. <laughs> just. I I mean I guess that's the that's how it's they right. feel they can compete, but. That's just not good basketball. So that, that's that's where Bucky's at, and then it's exam we, time. We see plenty of teams during the week that shoot threes that, that shouldn't be, be shooting, shooting threes. And, right. uh, yeah, it's carrying over to the higher levels, too. <laughs> uh, Brewers, uh, winter meetings are out in Vegas. A little bit of hot stove. They met with Wilson Ramos, the catcher, on uh, on Monday. Good offensive player, but I found it really interesting that he's not, he's not close to the defensive performance that Kratz and Manny Pena are so. I mean, would it be nice for a little more pop in that position? Yeah. I mean, how much how much defensive liability is a catcher, and how many games will that lose you? Well, I, I think people sometimes forget when it comes to when they talk about a catcher's defense that it that also includes calling the game. Yes, correct. It's not just blocking balls. Yep. Um, I like Pena. He's not much of a hitter, but he's great behind the plate. Mm-hmm. I think Kratz, who even though I like him, I don't see him on the team in June. Really? No, I just okay. I mean, he's thirty-eight, going to be thirty-eight years Had old. Had his feel good. I, I fifteen think so. minutes. And I think so. That's it. Okay. The concerning part is Jacob Nottingham. Yeah. Who has been in the pipe for a long time? Obviously, they must not feel he's ready. Um, and I don't. I think he's twenty-three or twenty-four, so he's still young. Uh, but I was kind of hoping to see him come up, maybe and, and maybe be the backup to Pena, and um, eventually take over that spot. So if they're looking at other catchers, I guess that's a little concerning. But, you know, with the way the Brewers operate, it's a little hard to tell what they're doing. You know, sometimes with this free agency stuff, you know, you talk to this guy as a favorite of the agent to push their value up. So, Mm -hmm. you you know, and maybe down the road you get to talk to another guy. Who knows? Um, I had missed Jimmy Nelson signing. Yeah, that was this afternoon. Oh, okay. Yep, just uh, one year, 3.7 mil to avoid arbitration. And you and I were kind of curious how that would go down because he hasn't pitched, coming off an injury. What's what's he going to think, his agent, and he think that his market value is going to be? And I think it's a good signing for both, you know. It's not the, the Brewers want to see how he is, right? And and he didn't ask for uh, just a ton of money. Yeah, and and you know, three point seven million is nothing to sneeze at. So, no. um, 
hopefully he comes back and has a good year and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they can sign him to a couple-year contract and keep him around because I like Jimmy. Who's going to play second base? I mean, that's with Moustakis not probably not going to be back. You got Shaw back there. Now that opens up your Saladino, Hernan Perez combination kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Are you just going to platoon that a little bit? Or I did see they had some contact with Ian Kinsler. Okay. Um, you know, he's getting up there. I think he's around 37. Uh, they did talk to Daniel Murphy's people mm. earlier in the week. Um, that seems like one that w- I don't see that one happening. I can't. Whoever they get in there, whether it, whether they sign a, uh, an older guy like a Kinsler or they go the platoon with like Saladino and Perez, these guys are just stopgaps until Kestenwera gets there. Um, so I don't. I would be surprised to see them invest a bunch of money in that and 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 more than one year, um, unless they sign Mustakis. Then I don't know, because then you now you move Shaw over there again again. Um, and then when but that, but that's probably comes only going to be another one year thing, r- right? So. That you know, the catcher and second base are really the only two positions of question for this team of what they're going to do. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, do you spend any money on these guys? Are, are you going to save your money and try to go after a starter? I've seen a lot of you know a lot of rumors. I saw some stuff about Corey Kluber from the Indians, uh, Baumgartner. Um, yeah, so I, I remember there, the there, there's some stuff out there. You know, the Brewers are thrown in the mix, and I don't know if that's a matter of media guys looking at their roster and saying this would be a good fit or if there's legitimate interest. So hot stove still pretty early right now. I think probably by next week we'll have a better idea of what they're going. But they have Brewers on deck in, in early January, and they always, whenever they've made a, a, a big deal, they always kind of seem to announce it right around then to kind of build the buzz up. Yep. They did it last year, I think the day before, is when they did the Yelich trade and the Kane signing. So that would certainly be fairly timely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh you got a note on the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I just did you see that uh who was going in this year? Baines, Baines and, and Lee Smith. Yeah. Um Okay. Do you care? Do you are, are you do you care about the Hall of Fame? Like no. who gets in? No. When I finally get to Cooperstown and take a tour, it's not gonna be I'm not gonna look and see somebody's poster and the rundown or a bust of somebody and be like, why are they here? The, 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 no, this person shouldn't have gotten in. I This stuff doesn't matter to me that much. You know, I mean, I mean, it really doesn't, um, you know, and I think certain players mean more to certain teams and certain markets. And I think that might carry a little bit of weight when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, but you get both sides of the coin. You get arguments from passionate people on both sides and they can make a case for either one. Um, my whole thing was that I always pinch hit for Harold Baines and RBI baseball. It's not a Hall of Famer. Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, I tend to, I, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I really, at the end of the day, I don't care that much. I get a little wound up about it in the moment when I saw it come across mm-hmm. and he was in the Hall of Fame. It, I rolled my eyes and Lee Smith had, had the most saves Smith, at the time. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, Harold Baines was, he was fine. He was a nice player. He was a compiler. He played a long time. He compiled some decent numbers. He was never higher than ninth in any MVP voting. Um, was never a guy that, you know, I always look at it like, I and I use Craig Biggio as kind of my example. Really good player. But I never was like, God, I can't wait to go see the Astros because I want to see Craig Biggio. The only play. thing you'd see if Craig Biggio was at the play was him getting hit by the pitch. Yeah. That's about much. it. Pretty much. But 
I like the idea that I've heard floated by several people of of having levels in okay. the hall. All right. You know, like Harold Baines and Babe Ruth shouldn't be in the same room. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's just not. There's a wing over there. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll put those guys over there. But I guess the biggest problem I get into and and it's like Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Pete Rose and Alex Rodriguez aren't. And like I understand all the reasons why they're not, but like you know, it's Hall of Fame, not right. ha- not Hall of Good Guys. <laughs> all right. We've come to our top 5. That's pretty much the entire rundown. And for those who are are wanting to stick around and hear us geek out about wrestling, God bless you. If you just want to flip it off right now, we probably are not going to blame you at all. I might, but that's fine. I'll get over it. Okay. We have our top five wrestling pay-per-views of all time. This was tough because, I mean, there's like, I don't know, a thousand of them. These are the ones that stuck in my memory, whether it was for a moment, a match, the levity, or whether I had some sort of a connection Mm -hmm. to it. Um, And so I guess we can, you want to start at the bottom? Start it off. Number Number five. five. For me, was WrestleMania six. Okay, that was Hogan Warrior, the best match in wrestling history. I think up until that point, I think it for did, hype, for hype, for hype, mean? it yeah. didn't have the 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 level of Hogan Giant and the Body Slam. It didn't have the big venue, but it had the Intercontinental Champion against the World Champion, and the titles were going to be decided that night. And this had never been done before. Here we go. Two of the biggest characters, um, I mean, Hogan, uh, arguably, since the golden age of wrestling and the warrior, fastest up-and-coming guy that everybody just couldn't get enough of. And that, I, I don't even remember the match. I didn't even care. I think Warrior won. A um, lot but, of body slams. Yes. A lot of, lot of, lot uh, of chin locks. Basic wrist moves. Locks. Hitting yep. the ropes. Mm-hmm. Jumping over each other. Backflips. You yep. know, no high-flying stuff whatsoever. But as a kid, you were glued to it. Well, yeah, I mean, two of the most iconic entrance songs yes. of all time. Yes. Um, but that was supposed to be the passing of the torch from Hogan to Warrior. And Hogan was going to go off and make movies and stuff. And uh, Warrior turned out to out not well. be a good employee. No, no. So, yeah, that's that, that, that's my number five. Uh, number five for me is WrestleMania 13. I was at WrestleMania 13 Chicago. at the Rosemont yep. in Chicago. Um, the, the highlights... Uh, Rocky Maivia at the time (laughs) coming out with his dad, Rocky Johnson, and facing off against the the um, the Sultan, who later went on to be Rikishi and the Iron Sheik. That was a fun one. Um, Main event was Undertaker beat Sid for the title. Um, There was a Chicago street fight with um, the uh, Legion of Doom and Ahmed Johnson versus the Nation of Domination. That was a good one. But the the one that most people would remember was the Austin Bret Hart yes. match. Um, where the, his face was just full the of double, blood. The double turn where yep. Austin went from bad to good, Hart went good to bad, and it kind of set the uh, Attitude Era and the Stone Cold Steve Austin um, rocket ship going yep, for at, sure. after that match. Um, for me, Bash of the Beach 96 is number four. Okay. Um, the Hogan turn, which basically to me set WCW on a good path to buying its competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, nobody had ever heard of a Hogan heel turn, no. 
And I think that when everybody came out, that was the last thing you expected. Um, and I thought the announcers played it up perfectly the like brain. that. Well, right. Whose side is he on? Right. <laughs> uh, and I, I, and I, I thought it went over very, very well. And again, it's one of the most storied eras in wrestling is the WWE uh, or WCW NWO era, where it started a whole separate, you know, group of guys and. They wanted to be they they, they were going to be bad guys, but a lot of people loved them and jumped on that train. Oh yeah, big time. So I thought Hogan, you know, America's good guy. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and now he's turning on his best friend. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was pretty That's a epic. good one. Yep. Yeah, uh, number four, a Survivor Series '98. Um, I like that one. That was a tournament. Yeah. Uh, the the belt the title belt was vacant. Okay. They had a they had a tournament. And this was at the height of the Awesome McMahon feud. And um, at that time, Mick Foley Mankind was kind of, you know, sucking up to Vince, trying to get into his good graces. And everybody kind of thought that somehow Austin was going to get screwed over in the title match and Mankind was going to win it. But what actually ended up happening was um, they put the belt on The Rock for the first time and he turned bad, joined Vince, and the corporation was born. Yep. And uh, that oh, was the one that kind of sent The Rock onto his meteoric rise. That's a good one. Yeah, it was a, that's a fun that. one. SummerSlam 89 for me, just two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I don't even know. I think that was Mega Powers versus Mega Bucks mm-hmm. as, yeah. as, 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 as the, the main event. Um, Savage and Hogan against uh, DiBiase and, and the giant tag match. But one of the undercard matches was two of my favorite wrestlers uh, going at it. Uh, Dusty Rhodes against the Honky Tonk Man. Mm. Two of my favorites. Polka dotted Dusty. Oh, it was so epic. Just so great. Like, I was basking in it. If you would have added Brutus the Barber in there, I would have just kill me now. That would have been just phenomenal. Was Sweet Sweet Sapphire? Sweet Sapphire was in the house. Was she? Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, Number three for me, WrestleMania 8, because it's absolutely hilarious to listen to it. (laughs) It is Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan at their finest. From the get go to the end of that show, is this the, uh, is they this the are one in on a roll outside? No, it's in Indianapolis. Okay, and the opening match is Shawn Michaels versus Tito Santana, and from when Reba McIntyre starts the national anthem for the next two and a half hours, the brain is peak brain. <laughs> it is just it's it's the best. I know you've always been a brain, it's the best. brain yeah. guy. I love it. Uh, number two for me is WrestleMania four. Because that's another uh, tournament, another tournament. Mm-hmm. And that was the first tournament mm-hmm. because I believe there were eight or even there were even 16 wrestlers. I can't remember. I, don't remember, I think yeah. I think there might have been 16. And, and they started off with a bang because they had Hogan Giant right away. And then both of them do- got DQ'd and right. like, well, now who the hell is going to win the title? Yeah. And Savage had to wind up wrestling. Um, I don't know whether he faced Dino Bravo. It was like the natural Butch Reed. Um, and then there was uh, Rude and Jake the Snake. They got a double DQ or a count out or mm-hmm. something. And so DiBiase came through the bottom and Savage came through the top. And um, Hogan helped him win the title. And um, that kind of started the whole Miss Elizabeth in the middle of the two and set him on a path to facing each other for the title in WrestleMania 5. And they had kind of played it up where you thought DiBiase was going to win because he had aligned himself with Andre, right. and 
You know, there was the whole if Andre won the belt, DiBiase was going to buy the belt from him, and that and, whole storyline. And, and I don't think anybody n- expected Savage to win. Not no, not at that point. And no. that was also one of my favorite tag matches when I was growing up: Demolition against Strike Force. When Demolition got the title, and everybody hated that because the the, the match was won. Tito had one of them in the um, um, in the Boston Crab, and he got hit over the neck with the cane. Um, for Mr. Fuji, and he got he, and, the, and the belts got stolen from Strike Force. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. It was a great tag match. That's a good one. Um, I should have done this beforehand. I don't know why I waited till now. Um, if you want to give your next one, go ahead. Well, I don't know why I I because I don't remember anything else from WrestleMania three other than Hogan Giant and in the Silverdome. Mm-hmm. It set the indoor record for for most people at a sporting event at the time inside, but. As iconic as that was, there was—I I don't remember anything else about the pay-per-view. Well, you had the—you uh, had Steamboat Savage. Yeah, that was kind of the other yep. one. But I mean, to me, that was overshadowed by by the main event. Yeah, number one for me because I was there and because we saw the birth of this at the pay-per-view was King of the Ring '96 mm-hmm. when Austin three sixteen was born when he beat Jake Roberts. Yes, um, and not only that is one of the the biggest uh, unfortunate instances in live. Pay-per-view television is that Brandon Davis and myself were off getting a soda at the concession stand. Unbeknownst to us, Jerry the King Lawler had walked down the aisle, had stopped in front of Mr. Stigman, who had brought us to Milwaukee with Jaegerliner and and Mike Stigman, and had berated Mike's dad in front of the camera for <laughs> like 30 seconds. And you see Yeggs and Stigman, their Burger King crowns in back. And we get back and they just say, you guys just missed everything. Oh. And so I remember they, after pay-per-views, on Tuesdays, they allowed you to buy it mm-hmm. for half price. Sure. So what did we do? We bought it and then we taped it on VHS. And I was, because there's a level of, come on, you're you're, you're, sure. you're messing with sure. me here. And then we saw it and I was absolutely crushed. Do you still have it? Of course I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to Woodman's when Woodman's still rented Uh rest, and I said how much to buy this. And they sold it to me for like five bucks. Yeah. So I have it in in one of those big cases. Uh It's buried somewhere, but I have it. That's awesome. No, it's not. It's horrible. (laughs) But that's that's my number one. It's a good story. Uh, Number two for me, WrestleMania 17. Okay. Um, It was the second match between Stone Cold and The Rock for the title. Uh, Second match of their trilogy. Um, Undertaker against Triple H. That was kind of the beginning of that rivalry, which ended up going on for like a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the match that really was the best of that was uh, it was kind of the first incarnation of the TLC match. It was the Hardys versus Edge and Christian, Edge and Christian. versus the Dudley Boys Whoa. in what was just an epic, hellacious match. Um, were about six times I was not certain whether or not Jeff Hardy died because that guy did not care, and he would jump off of anything and land on anything. Um, that was that was a fun one. But number one for me, WrestleMania 18. Um, this is shortly after Vince buys WCW, um, so you've got that whole influx of yep. talent coming in. Um, you had matches like uh, Undertaker Flair in a no-holds-barred match. You had Austin versus Scott Hall. Um, you had Jericho defend the undisputed championship against Triple H, but the match that you know up against the Andre Hogan match in terms of like the most iconic matches of all time would be Rock Hogan. Yes, um, we it, watched that at Luke's apartment, it, it, and on every two count fall, we were going 
bonkers. Well, and it was weird. Like, you know, a lot of people laugh at you if you watch wrestling, and I don't watch it anymore, but no, I, me I, I still like to reminisce and, and watch some of the old stuff on the WWE yep. Network. But, you know, at this point, we're in our early t- I'm 20, you're 21. Yep. We're in our, we're pretty young. To see The Rock, who had kind of become the next big, you know, we didn't know he was going to go on to become the biggest movie star in the world. No. But he was on this trajectory of stardom. And then you had the old guard in Hogan, who yep. was still, he wasn't in his prime, but he was still good. And to but see those a, guys you're in the a name ring. name at that point. Yo, to see them in the ring at the same time in the Sky Dome with 60,000 people or whatever it was, um, pretty cool moment, you know, pretty cool stuff. So that would uh, that'd be my number one. Wow. Hope we didn't put anybody to sleep with that one. <laughs> Jeez, I can remember and We got a we got a good one coming up yes. for uh for our end of the year show. Yes. That we think will be pretty fun. We we're, our... we're gonna try to put a little time into it, hopefully, as much as we can. Right. And uh Yeah, our 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 Christmas edition will probably be our last one, and then we'll be back in twenty nineteen. So we'll have a we'll have an edition next week. We'll put stuff together, we'll take Christmas week off and then New Year's and then on uh, January uh, second, third, or fourth, or whatever it is, we will be back with a another edition. So next week, Christmas, end of year, that kind of stuff, we'll get ready for the playoffs because after yeah. after the, the next time we talk, the playoff field will be set. Yes, sir. So, well, excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That is the intentional follow for this week. As always, thank you for the download. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found. And uh, that will do it tonight. My name is Josh. I'm Dan. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Go Bucks.